We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. What is up? Welcome to the uncontested podcast post-game edition. The final post-game of the regular season, final post-game of the bubble so far. I'm your host for the night, Jacob Niffen. And before we dive into this, I want to let you guys know real quick that we are a proud partner of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. You can find our podcast anywhere you download your podcasts from. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. There is a great video of Taylor shotgunning a beer on our Instagram, so make sure you go check that out. The Thunder dropped their last game in the regular season in the bubble to the shorthanded LA Clippers 103-107 in overtime. That makes the Thunder ending the bubble with a record of 4 and 4. They went 500 in the bubble and are on a collision course in the playoffs 
with the Houston Rockets. Actually, kind of a funny, if this was like non-COVID basketball and we weren't in the bubble, I think a lot of people would be even more pissed off about this. But an interesting little wrinkle with the standings. Houston is the four seed. The Thunder is the five seed. Utah is the six seed. And all three of those teams ended with the same record. So it goes to a three-way tiebreaker. Now, typically, if two teams end with the same record in the league, it goes to uh, just the two-way tiebreaker, and it's head-to-head. Who won the head-to-head matchup? So the Thunder actually beat Houston in the head-to-head matchup, I think two-to-one. So they would get the four seed if it was just Thunder and Houston tied. The Thunder would get the four seed. Houston would get the five seed. Same thing with Utah. The Thunder won the Utah head-to-head matchup. But since it was a three-way tie, instead the tiebreaker is the winner of the division. And so Denver won Oklahoma City's division. Utah is also in that division. And then Houston won their division, which is San Antonio, Dallas, New Orleans, Houston, is that it? Or is there one more team? No, Phoenix isn't in that division. I think that's it. And so since Houston won the division, they win the tiebreaker and move up to fourth in the West. Now, again, in the bubble, it doesn't matter. I mean, they get their virtual fans for one extra game, like whatever. But if this was, you know, normal non-COVID world and we were having actual playoffs, that's a huge deal because that's home court. So luckily, we don't have to worry about that, but I just thought that was a a weird little wrinkle. The Thunder technically won the tiebreaker against both of those teams in a head-to-head matchup, but when when it's a three-way tie, they don't win the tiebreaker. So it's just kind of an interesting little wrinkle. So let's dive into this Thunder Clippers game, which, if we're being honest, was not a fun game. This was a, we're both already locked into our playoff seating Uh, We're just trying to get out of here without getting anybody hurt and get some young guys some burn type of game, right? Your your typical late April in the NBA basketball game. Uh, The Thunder only had three starters who played, SGA, Gallo, and Adams. And of those three, two of them didn't play past the first quarter. Shea barely played past the first quarter. Gallo and Adams uh, played like six and eight minutes, uh, respectively. And then the Clippers also sat a lot of their players, including Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, uh, their two-star wings in PG and Kawhi Leonard. Um, So neither team really trotting out the A-team out there. Now, the Thunder did get Dennis Schroeder back in this game, and that was pretty pretty exciting to get to see him get out there and play. I think the Thunder's goal, they played Schroeder the first half and the first few minutes of the second half just to get him some reps, get him some burn before the playoffs get here because he hasn't played with the team since, what, game one or two of the bubble. So get him back out there. Get him a little bit acclimated. Uh, He'll also be in practice, obviously, before they tip off the series with Houston on Tuesday. So Schroeder got out there, got a little bit of burn. Uh, Besides that, it was, you know, the second and third strings, guys, time to shine. We saw huge minutes from guys like Hamadou Diallo, Deontay Burton, Devin Hall, Darius Baisley, Andre Robertson, etc. Uh, all racking up, you know, if, if not career high minutes, really close to career high minutes. And speaking of career highs, Hamadou Diallo gets his career high in scoring in this game with 27 points. Um, 27 points on, in 39 minutes. 
He shot 45% from the field, 50% from three, 11 rebounds and assists and a block. And that 50% from three, actually, that was four of eight, including a last-second heave from half court that didn't go in. So if you take that out of kind of the run of play, he actually shot four of seven. And that's a guy that I want to spend some time in this podcast talking about is Hamadou Diallo. He has really elevated his game and I think proven, I don't know if he's proven or if Billy Donovan is proven, but combined they have proven that Diallo's going to get playoff minutes. That, that That's just how it is. He's been the first wing off the bench. Now he didn't start tonight. Terrence Ferguson started, but Ferguson only played like 17 minutes. Homie racked up nearly 40 minutes tonight. And it seems like this, the coaching staff and the team have a lot of trust in Hamadou Diallo. And Hami isn't great at one particular thing on the court besides just being athletic, being a hustle guy. But as far as like, he's not the best defender. He's not a great defender. He's not a great dribbler. He's not a great passer. He's not a great driver. He's not a great shooter. But he's good at a lot of those things, right? And his high motor and his athleticism allow that to happen. He cuts uh, the... The shot is looking a little bit better. He defends hard, even though maybe he doesn't defend smart. He defends hard, which makes up for a lot of things. It seems like Diallo has really taken a step and that the coaching staff really believes in him. And so I think Diallo is going to see playoff minutes come Tuesday. He's been the first wing off the bench throughout the entire bubble. He's finally fully healthy. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that injury he had against the, the Lakers, uh, back in what was that early December in the in the season, uh, and he seemed like he never fully got back from that. But healthy now, worked on his body during the off time, and the team believes in him, and they're giving him lots of opportunities. And that corner three looks legit. Like, is the shot pretty? No. Is there still a hitch in it? Yeah, but it goes in. Now it's kind of funny because he's still not a great free throw shooter, but he's splashing that corner three. Uh, and, and we see that sometimes with some players. They put so much time in on that corner three that they can hit it even though they're not like great shooters overall. So, But shout out to Hamadou Diallo. I think he's going to play a role in this Houston series. I think he's going to get time guarding James Harden. I think he's going to see minutes off the bench uh, just being one of those hustle guys. Now I'll get some more into some of these other guys that I think are going to get some significant playoff minutes here in a second. But some players that got a lot of burn tonight that are not going to get significant playoff time because they're not going to get any playoff time, uh, like Devin Hall and Deontay Burton. I don't even know if Terrence Ferguson is going to play in the playoffs, uh, which is a little disappointing based off of just where Ferguson was a year ago and what we thought of him and, and how he was the guy we were talking about making a jump and... You know, this has been a rough year for Ferguson as far as personally, it seems like. A lot of stuff going on in his personal life. I hope he can get his stuff together. I hope he can still be an effective basketball player. I worry, though, that the Ferguson thing is going to become kind of like what happened with Jeremy Lamb, where the Thunder have a wing who has some promise. He just doesn't pan out. They trade him away for pennies on the dollar, and then he ends up being productive in another team, in another city. So... Best of luck to Ferg. I hope he can turn it around, but I just, I'm not sure. I don't think he's going to play in the playoffs, and I'm not sure he's long for Oklahoma City anymore. So before I move on, I want to take a quick moment to tell you guys today about some of our sponsors. 
Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite device. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and your favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.com and again, that promo code is BLUEWIRE for 15% off your subscription. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect at a price you never believe. They have over a thousand auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, even cars. And here's how it all works. It's just like an auction, but every item starts at zero dollars. There's no minimum bid and it only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up, on top of all the other discounts you already get. Just go to DealDash.com and use the offer code UNCONTESTED or DealDash.fm slash UNCONTESTED. Again, that's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash UNCONTESTED. All right, guys, so I figured now since we're done with the eight bubble games and we're headed to the playoffs, I would give some quick overall thoughts of Oklahoma City's performance in the bubble and kind of what to take away from it as we head into the playoff series versus Houston. Speaking of which, and I'll mention this again at the end of the podcast, but we are going to have a very special crossover episode previewing the OKC Thunder versus the Houston Rockets. That will be dropping on late Sunday night slash very, very early Monday morning to get you prepared for Tuesday evening's game. So make sure that you're subscribed to us wherever you get your podcast from so you get that playoff preview right as it hits whatever app you use to listen to your podcasts. So some thoughts in the bubble. So OKC ends up going 4-4 four and four down in Orlando. Uh, I think if you would have told any Thunder fan before they got down to the bubble, that the team would go 4-4 four and four with the, the schedule that they had. Most people would say, yeah, that seems, that's doable. That's I'm okay with that. 4-4 four and four sounds good. Then if I told you the games they won and the games they lost, you might think, wow, that's kind of weird. They lost to Memphis and Phoenix, but they beat the Clippers, or not the Clippers, but the Lakers. Like, that's a little weird. But, you know, it, it was a weird bubble in the sense that Guys didn't play a whole lot, and the Thunder had an opportunity to do a hell of a lot better than 4-4, four and four, but guys rested, right? Lou Dort didn't play this game uh, due to being day-to-day with that knee injury. Dennis Schroeder was out of the bubble uh, for majority of the time for the birth of his daughter, rightfully so. Uh, Steven Adams missed, what was it, three games in the bubble? Nerlens Noel sat. We had uh, SGA sit. We had Chris Paul sit. Um, you know, we had bench guys sit. And so, I mean, the Thunder played Darius Baisley at center. You know, they played Andre Robertson at center. This was, 
the Thunder didn't look like they were intentionally pushing to try to win as many games as possible in the bubble. And I think that's the case for a lot of these teams down there. They valued building up their young guys. They valued rest for the playoffs. They valued, um, uh, you know, just managing their team in a way to keep everybody as fresh as possible and limit possible injuries before getting into the playoffs. And so that's totally understandable. Um, I could imagine if you bet on like the over under of wins for the Thunder in the bubble, you might be upset with this. But I think, you know, four and four is fine. The Thunder, I, the, the hope was that the Thunder would end up against Utah. I don't think any, I don't think there's any Thunder fan out there that says, oh, yeah, I wanted to play Houston over Utah. Utah is definitely the easier matchup for OKC. But that wasn't going to happen because Utah, you know, dropped so much. Although, I mean, I know they all ended up tied, but it just really wasn't feasible. Houston wasn't going to stay at six. And so ending up where they are at the five seed, you know, it, five and four doesn't really matter because there's no home court because it's in the bubble. So I think four and four is fine for Oklahoma City. I really do. I don't think there's like there's nothing to read into like, oh my gosh, they lost this Clippers game and they lost that Phoenix game and they lost that Memphis game and that Denver game. There's nothing really to read into into that just because of how how many people like didn't play. So lots of guys got, got their rest and hopefully we're, we're going into the playoffs, not just for the Thunder's sake, but for the NBA's sake with a lot of guys healthy and ready to play basketball. Now, one thing with the Thunder going 4-4 four and four in the bubble is they have lost their first-round pick this year. I know a lot of people talk about this. I want to touch on it just a little bit. This first-round pick that the Thunder have this year, the Thunder were only going to keep that pick if it fell between picks 1 and 20. If it was picks 21 through 30, it goes to Philly for the Jeremy Grant trade. Well, the Thunder are going to end up, I think, at pick 23 or 24. I think 23. Uh, And so this pick goes to the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, But the Thunder do still have a first-round pick from Denver. It's kind of funny how this works. The Thunder are losing their first-round pick this season because they traded it to get Jeremy Grant. But they're getting a first-round pick from Denver this year that they got for trading Jeremy Grant. So really... At the end of it, the Thunder, it's not like they gained a pick or lost a pick. They just kind of dropped two spots back in the draft order, uh, all due to Jeremy Grant, which is is kind of fascinating. Typically, you don't see um, such a a linear path of picks and trades. Um, Typically, it's very, very convoluted, and those picks and things change hands a lot. This is very easy. The Thunder traded pick number 23 to get Jeremy Grant for two or three years, and then they got pick 25 for getting rid of Jeremy Grant. So there, there's not much shifting there. Would I have rather had the Thunder have two picks? Yes, I think we. that's like that, that, that's a no-shit comment, right? Like, yeah, you want two picks instead of one. But at the end of the day, like, this is, it, it's fine, right? They're getting pick 25. You're probably not going to snag anybody great at 25, especially in this draft. Now we'll see if the Thunder makes some trades in the offseason, uh, that maybe they acquire some picks, maybe they move up. Who knows what's going to happen there? But losing that pick, I don't think is that massive of a deal. When when you look at it zoomed in, uh, just at like right now, it does seem like a little bit of a big deal. But when you zoom out to fifty thousand feet and you look down from the top, 
The Thunder got Jeremy Grant for three years, uh, and all it cost them was Ursan Ilyasova and moving two spots back in the in the 2020 draft. That's pretty good value. Like, that's really good value. And so losing that pick doesn't matter very much. Um, another thing from the Thunder's bubble that I think is significant we have to talk about is the emergence of some young guys. Now, I've already touched on Hamadou Diallo, so I'm not going to dive any deeper into him. But Lou Dort and Darius Baisley both made a leap from March 11th when the Thunder game versus the Utah Jazz got canceled because of COVID to now in August in the bubble. Those two players have made a leap. They've made a leap as far as just their overall basketball play, their skill, um, their ability, their confidence. They've both gotten better. Lou Dort in the bubble you know, hitting those threes. He started out cold, but hitting threes, we saw him putting the ball on the deck and getting to the rim. We saw him de- defending LeBron James, Donovan Mitchell. Um, you know, he he locked up and, and had to defend every other team's best player. And we were seeing him do that in the regular season. He was doing well, and he never lost a step. It seems like he became more confident in that ability. And maybe what's more important is be- he became confident in that jump shot and started hitting those threes. He started feeling more confident offensively. And that is a huge step forward to him. Now, do I believe Lou Dort's going to be an all-star? No. If I had to bet money on it, I would say he will never make an all-star appearance in his career. But can Lou Dort end up being something close to Marcus Smart? I think there's a possibility there, right? And the comp just lends itself very easily. The size, um, the defensive intensity, the a little bit of lack of offensive skill early that develops... Uh, as the years go on, there's a lot of comparisons between Lou and Marcus Smart. Now, the big difference is Lou was an undrafted free agent and Marcus Smart went top 10. But I think there's a lot of similarities there that it's really easy to correlate those two guys. And so Lou is going to play a massive role on this team in the playoffs. Granted, his knee feels good and he's good to go, which thank God there was no tear or anything like that. But if he's ready to go, I mean, he's he's drawing the Harden assignment from day one. And it's going to be fascinating to watch. To watch maybe the best isolation scorer in the league go up against a rookie undrafted free agent who's really made a defensive name for himself. Lou has made a jump in the bubble. Uh, I think it's hard to say because eight games is a small sample size. For Lou, it was seven games. Small sample size. But it's looking more and more like that contract is a bad contract for Lou and a really good contract for the Thunder. And then we also got to talk about Darius Baisley. You guys already know, three games straight of 20-plus points. Uh, that jump shot looks so much better. Baisley just looks like a more confident NBA player, right? I mean, he came in this year, and he could handle the ball a little bit, and we were all a little excited about that. But we didn't know what to expect from him. Uh, He played a little better defense than I expected. Um, But, you know, he was a rookie. He made a lot of rookie mistakes. But Baisley's come in this bubble, and in that last scrimmage against Philly, he kind of went off for 20-plus, and his teammates were all hyping him up. And then he continued that. And given the opportunity, he's played really, really well. Defensively, I've talked about this, and I've harped on it all year. Baisley just has a maturity defensively. Right, a, a lot of rookies bite on pump fakes. A lot of rookies like get too aggressive. 
Baisley has been really good at being fundamental defensively, contesting shots at the rim. Uh, Chris Paul mentioned this about Baisley earlier in the season, that he's learning to become the second jumper. Whenever you're guarding the ball, you don't want to... The guy with the ball, he needs to jump first, and then you jump second. Because if you jump first, you've bit for a pump fake, and you're going to foul. Baisley has learned to do that. He closes out well at the three-point line without just jumping wildly at the shooters. Um, he's able to guard smaller guys. He's able to, to scale up a little bit. I mean, we've seen Baisley in, these, in this bubble guard two through five. And then the step back J is, is something that I think he really has added to his arsenal that is going to be a legitimate tool. His legs are so long that his step back, like there's no way you can cover the ground on that as a defender. And that step back three has, it's, it's been a tool for him in the bubble. It's looked great. His stroke has looked so much better. Uh, even people like Sam Vecini were hyping him up on Twitter the other day. Really excited for Baisley. Now, one place he really has to improve in the offseason is his finishing at the rim. He finishes awkwardly. He finishes low. He gets a shot blocked or gets the ball ripped a lot. And so he needs to learn to be um, more physical at the rim, get the ball up high, and finish over people. He's got the size to do it. But I think as of today, right now, if I had to bet on August 15th at 11 a.m., I think Darius Baisley is the starting power forward for the Oklahoma City Thunder in the 2020-2021 season. I don't think Gallinari is coming back. I think they're going to sign and trade or just let him go in free agency. And I think Darius Baisley is going to be your starting power forward. I really do. Um, will Baisley make an all-star game? I don't think so, but who knows, right? We draw the, the comps for Baisley to guys like Pascal Siakam because of the ability to grab the ball off the rim and and carry it up the court to the other end and lead the fast break. Bays is athletic. He's putting on some muscle. He's got a jumper. He's He's got good defense. I think at worst in the league, Baisley is going to be a very competent rotation player. I think at very, very, very best, he's a guy that could maybe be in the running for a couple of all-star games. But I think his most likely place to fall is going to be kind of a Serge Ibaka-like. I'm not saying Serge Ibaka as far as his style of play, but a Serge Ibaka-like player in the sense that he doesn't make an all-star game, but he's a highly effective starter. I think that's where Baisley has the, the best chance to land with his career. And that's really exciting for a guy that you got at 24, right? And he's 20 years old right now. Like the the... What what did Jordan say? The the roof is the ceiling with this guy. He's got a lot of opportunity ahead of him. So that's really exciting. We also got a glimpse of healthy Steven Adams in the bubble. And healthy Steven Adams is a problem for the league. And we're going to dive into this really deep whenever we do our crossover preview for the playoffs. But I think Adams being able to stay on the, on the floor is a massive, massive, massive key to the Thunder having a chance to beat the Rockets. If Steve is healthy and that knee injury, that lower leg injury was a little worrisome, but if Steve is healthy, uh, I really like this team's chances moving forward. And so hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully he's, he's fresh and ready to go because we've seen Steve really falter down the end of the stretch of the season over the last two years. I mean, he got, let's just call a spade a spade. He got manhandled by Ennis Cancer in the playoffs last year. That should not happen ever, 
ever. And so I'm excited to see Steve uh, healthy. I think he could be a real force in that Houston series. Well, Again, we'll dive deep into that for Monday's episode, so make sure you tune into that. But I'm excited for that. And then lastly, the last thing I want to cover about OKC's bubble experience. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I think a lot of people would say, didn't have a great performance in the bubble. But I want to talk specifically about his playmaking because I think that was the the biggest thing that he had to make a jump in um, to, to start becoming an even more elite player was that playmaking. And we saw it in the bubble. We really did. I mean, he had multiple seven-assist games. I know that's not a lot, but those are games that he didn't play a whole lot of time in. He could have gone for 10, 11, 12 assists in those games. But it's not just adding an assist in in the stats column, right? You can dribble down the court, stop, hand the ball to somebody else who jacks a three, and they make it, and that counts for an assist, right? And you really didn't do anything. It's more the way that he's been able to read the floor while on the bubble. I harped on this on a previous podcast and on Twitter, but the the one that sticks out the most to me was a, a handful of plays where Shea was running pick and roll with one of the Thunder's bigs. And he would come off the screen and, and just kind of float there for a minute, right? Uh, I think they call that a hang dribble, right? Where he just kind of hangs there for a minute, dribbles the ball high. And typically, your thought process is when you run a pick and roll, you're looking at what the defender in front of you is doing. If you get doubled, then your roll man is wide open and you drop a pass to them for a dunk. If you come off the screen and both the defenders stick with the roll man, then you're wide open and you go to the rim. If you run a pick and roll and your defender goes under the screen, you have a chance to pull up for three. If you run a pick and roll and your defender goes over the screen, they are behind you and you have a chance to get them on your hip and go to the basket, right? But in all those situations, you're always reading the defender right in front of you. There's been some plays in the bubble where Shea has shown he's not just reading that guy in front of him. He's reading the guy in the corner, guarding the corner three-point shooter. And the reason you read that man, so I'm going to get a little like technical basketball nerdy here for a second. The reason you read that man is because whenever you run that pick and roll, Shea, let's say Shea goes left on a Steven Adams screen. Uh, Shea's defender um, tries to fight over the top of the screen. So Steven's defender kind of has to drop in the middle of no man's land, and he's not really stepping up to guard Shea because if he does, Adams rolls to the rim for free. But he's not really dropping back to guard Adams because then Shea's wide open for a pull-up. So that that big man kind of plays the middle ground while the guy guarding Shea is trying to run around the screen and is on Shea's back. Well, then the only line of defense to stop a Steven Adams or a Nerlens Noel or anyone alley-oop is for the guy on the weak side corner of the floor, the defender, to go from guarding the corner three to rotate down into the paint and stick the roll man, right? Go over and stop the roll man from coming down into the lane because when you do that, you're still leaving that corner three open, but that's a really far pass. And so if the guy throws that pass, the defender has enough time to close back out to that three-point shooter before they can get the shot off. But Shea is reading that man. If that guy stays put, Shea knows that he has an advantage with him and Steven. If that guy rotates too hard down the baseline to stop the Steven Adams roll to the rim, Shea has multiple times gone off the dribble one-hand bullet pass to that corner. 
Now, if that guy that rolled down to, to stick Steven can't get back out to the corner quick enough, then the guy up top has to rotate down to that corner three-point shooter. And then now the defense is playing catch-up and you start swinging the ball. So Shea is reading the floor differently. And you this is, this is textbook Chris Paul. This is exactly what Chris Paul does as far as reading the basketball court. And that's what Shea is picking up. And you can, you can just tell the mentorship uh, and the time those two spend together that Shea is picking up the things that Chris is laying down. There is no better point guard probably in the league to learn from than Chris Paul and just the way he understands the game of basketball. Chris Paul is elite at understanding basketball because he doesn't have the size or the athleticism to just overwhelm people. Chris wins games with his brain. Well, Shea does have the athleticism and the size. If he can have the the galaxy basketball brain too, like watch out, man. So I'm really excited about Shea. He, he obviously can score the ball. He's got a little bit of ways to go defensively. I think he's got a ton of defensive p- potential. But just the way he reads the basketball court now, that is massive. And I think that's going to allow him to really be a lead guard in the future for the Thunder. Whenever the Chris Paul era ends, which might be this offseason, Shea's going to step up. He's going to be the starting point guard for this team. And he's shown that he can make those reads. He can make the right passes. He can make the right plays. Uh, and and he's, not just read, he's not just reading the thing that's in front of him. He's reading the entire court. You're not reading one chapter. You're reading the book and understanding the book and then being able to pick it apart. That's massive. That is absolutely massive. And to me, that's one of the biggest takeaways from these eight bubble games. Uh, So with that, I've gone a lot longer than I planned to. So let's get you guys out of here. Hey, thank you so much for checking out our last regular season post-game podcast where the Thunder dropped their final one to the LA Clippers in overtime, 103-107. As I mentioned, we will be back with you with our normally scheduled Monday episode, although it's a special crossover episode with a previous guest from the Uncontested, where we'll be previewing the OKC Thunder Houston Rockets playoff series. It's going to be a ton of awesome content, so please make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you can get that right when it goes live. And then we will be doing a post-game episode after every playoff game. You guys are going to want to make sure you tune into those. They're going to be great. We're going to try to get the whole team on here. So we will talk to you soon. You guys have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, and thunder up. Most people only see their doctor a few days each year. For all the other days, there's CVS Health Hub, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab the essentials you need in just one trip, even on evenings and weekends. For care between doctor visits, from earaches to help with diabetes or sleep apnea, visit your local CVS Health Hub today. That's healthier made easier. Services vary by location. See cvs.com slash health hub for details.